The IZ Robot Stuck at Home Show. Hey guys, this is me. This is IZ Robots. Um, this episode is going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be full of the tomfoolery and hijinks and, and stuff that we're, we're normally accustomed to. We've we've made it through another fire type thing, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of like start at the beginning and sort of recount the the tale in order. I think that. I think that that will be helpful for me to try to get some of this off my chest because I'm I'm really uh, I'm really frazzled right now as you as you can imagine I'm just gonna I'm gonna start at the beginning so it's it's like Sunday night and we're sitting at the house and I don't remember what we were watching on TV but we were we were watching something the wife and I are sitting there and we get an alert on our phone that there is a fire started in, in another county this fire this fire had kind of been going for a little while it was. It was not like a giant deal. It was actually like more near Gino Vega. So I, you know, I called my guy and he's like, oh, it's fine, dude. It's not even, it's not even really anywhere near to me. I don't really like have an idea of like the outlay of the area near where he lives, like landmarks and things like that. So I just called, just called him to be safe. And he's like, nah, you know, it's not anywhere near me. Fires, fires are not uncommon this time of the year. This was kind of like a a forest deal. These things happen all the time, but they, they give us these phone alerts just just so that you can be in the know, just in case. And it was, it was a windy night. It was pretty windy, and we were under like a red alert condition because it was hot. It was like the last hot streak of of the year. And when you get wind and heat together, any any anything can pop off as far as fire. This is just, this is just obvious. But we're like we're sitting there and we're just watching our show. We're just like chilling. We're just chilling, doing whatever we're doing. We're eating. I think we were eating chips. The wife made some salsa, and we're eating the, eating the salsa, and, and, and we're sitting there. And then all of a sudden, I get I get another phone alert, and this one said that the fire has moved into Sonoma County, that the wind has has pushed some of the embers, and that it is starting to it's it's starting to flare up in Sonoma County. That's kind of how it works. Like a fire starts going, and then the embers catch in the wind, and these things can travel. I'm not even exaggerating; these things can travel for miles and miles and miles in the wind. And if they land in the right place, they can start another fire. So they say that the fire has moved into Sonoma County. But again, it's not really anywhere near my house. It's like 20, 20 miles away from, from where we are. So we're still feeling like, man, this is a bad scene. But we also know that the wind was only for that night and then it was going to die down in a few hours. And once it does, they can usually like punch these things out. We're not really, We're not really thinking too much of it. We're like... Maybe we should just get, like, our go bags. So we have, like, these bags that we pack just in case of emergencies, go bags, or, like, clothes, and all, the, all these things. Why don't we get these and just put them by the door just to be on the safe side? Like, we're trying to be, uh, trying to be extra cautious. It feels like at this point that's, like, that's, like, over-the-top cautious. But then, like, an hour later we get another alert that it's moving near where we are and then it's moving into Rincon Valley that it was passing this, um, this retirement community called Oakmont, which is... Which is still pretty far from my house in the grand scheme of things. It's like 10, 15 miles. It's far. It's not like right next to us. But that it's going to be, it's going to be moving in the woods past there and might be going toward this housing development called um, Skyhawk that's that's in the hills. There, there, There's like a lot of hills where I live. We live in the valley, Rincon Valley, and there's hills like all, all around us. We live like in a bowl, let's say, and we're like at the bottom, bottom of the bowl. But the hills... The hills are golden with, like, dry grass and stuff. That's why they call it the Golden State. Not because of the gold rush, but because there's, like, gold, gold, dry grass everywhere. So we're thinking, huh, 
let's uh let's get more ready just in case let's let's start putting more stuff in the car just in case let's get the cat carrier so we can put orange boy in there and just get ready just in case but again we feel like we're being a little overcautious at this point you can't really be overcautious when with with things like this but then we're sitting there and then the electricity goes off it goes ka-chunk and the electricity goes off and i go well that's not a good sign so we go outside to see what we can see and as i look toward the hills looking east where the fire was coming from you can see the red glow all along the hills which isn't which isn't necessarily a bad sign it's not a good sign by any means but it's not necessarily like a horrible sign because it's dark there's no lights the power's off and the 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 light from a fire like this can really 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 carry far i remember a couple years ago, there was a fire like 40 miles from where we were. And you could see it from our window outside. You could see the red glow. It's very, very, very bright in the dark. It's not necessarily like a horrible sign or anything. It's not a good sign. But it doesn't mean like the end of the world or anything. So we're like, maybe we should really start packing up just to be on the safe side. So we start like, I grab my computer. I grab the hard drive from the show. I start grabbing some of my more collectible comics off the wall. Things that like I know... I couldn't live without if I had the chance to save him. So we're we're packing up the stuff. We wake up the kid and tell her to start grabbing her stuff just to be safe. It feels like it's just to be safe at this point. But then the winds start kicking up like crazy. I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but when a fire gets big enough, it sort of creates its own weather. It can cause like heavy winds, something to do with like the heat being generated. I don't know the science or anything, but the winds are kicking up like crazy at this point. Not like a tornado or anything, but it's hot. You can feel the heat. You can feel the hot wind on you. And it's like the sky is red at this point from the glow. The fire is growing rapidly. We can tell. We've been through this before. I can see it. But again, we can see that the winds aren't necessarily moving in our direction. We're from the east And we can see that they were going kind of the other direction. And we kind of speculated that they would hit the ridge line and move over that way. I'm pointing toward my right. You can't really see it, but I'm I'm pointing toward my right. We're going, it's going to go, it's going to go that way toward Oakmont, toward Annadale State Park and all that stuff. And we were correct in that assessment. It did go that way by and large, but... Every once in a while, the wind would rotate, and it, it it started blowing embers toward our house, right? And then you can, you you could look up at the hill that's over by the high school, not the middle school where I live, but like the high school that is like a few miles from my house, and you can see that at this point, there's actual flames, there's actual fire over there, no longer like red glowing embers. There's actual fire starting to come over the top of the hill, and. This is another thing. When you see the fire off in the distance, it's dark and it's hard to tell where it's actually at. Like you can see it's coming in your direction, but it's hard to tell if the fire is like on this hill or the hill past it or even the one past that because it's like these rolling, rolling, rolling hills. It's very, very hard to get a gauge. But by this point... The wind is kicking up like crazy. And there's like all sorts of debris and ash and just stuff is hitting the ground. And people on my block, they start to leave like immediately. Like the whole, one whole side of the block. They're just like in their car. They're going. The people across the street are going. The people directly next door to me are going. And I appreciate that. That's to be, to be on the safe side. But at this point, 
we hadn't even really been put under an evacuation warning. First, they'll always give you a warning. And when you get the warning, that means get ready to go. Be ready just in case. And then they'll usually, once you get a warning, at some point they will evacuate you. I've, I've really, really never seen a warning without an evacuation as far as we're concerned. We hadn't even got the warning yet. And I know that they're like, they're really cautious when it comes to this stuff, as they should be. I agree with them them being cautious, but we hadn't got the warning. So we're still just like, we're at the house. We're getting ready. We're like spraying down the bushes. That's something that you do. You get the hose, you spray down the bushes just in case like an amber lands on them. You spray down the roof. Our neighbor is spraying down the roof. Everybody's doing that sort of thing. Just like... Just like in prep, because if, it, if an ash or a big chunk of wood lands on your roof and it lands on a wet roof, it's very unlikely to catch. You also got to wet your gutters. I haven't cleaned the gutters in a, in a few months, so there's a lot of, lot of dry garbage in there. That's my fault. I'm going to rectify it as soon as I can. But you got to like, you got to flood your gutters with water because that's one of the number one ways a house catches fire. Something lands in the gutter, the gutters go up, they catch the roof. So we're soaking down our gutters. Neighbors are soaking down our gutters. People put sprinklers, like those rotating sprinklers, on the roof. We're all doing this stuff. The people who aren't, who aren't leaving, and then we get the evacuation warning. So we start thinking, okay, let's put all the stuff in the car. We're putting the stuff in the car. We're getting ready, and all the while, like I'm doing this. The wife is hosing the house. Then I'm hosing the house. We got the kid up. She's hosing like the side yard, and like the fence, and we're hitting the roof. Heavy, because this stuff is landing like crazy. I'm not even kidding. There's like red chunks of burning stuff, like meteors, just like landing all around you. It was scary. It was terrifying. But then a little while later, it sort of slowed. It kind of sort of slowed down a little bit. The wind kind of died down temporarily. So we went inside to get... To get, like, a small break, get something to drink, we chugged, like, uh, some sodas. She made some coffee on the on the percolator on the stove, and we're, we're drinking coffee. And then, all of a sudden, you can hear the wind is really, really starting to pick up again, right? So we go back outside, and by this point, it's bananas. There's, like, things flying through the air. It's just, like, crazy. You can look up at the hill, and you can see that it is coming down toward us now. The hill is like, it's a couple miles away from us. The lowest hill, the closest hill. It's not really that close as far as like, it's not on our street. It's not that close. It's a couple miles away with a giant two-lane road in between us. Generally, like a fire will sizzle down. And then if it reaches concrete, it stops. It has nothing to burn. It kind of halts itself. So we're at the position thinking, maybe, maybe we're going to be all right. Let's try to be cautious. Let's try to be optimistic. And let's keep, let's keep the house wet. But then... We get the evacuation uh, order that we're supposed to go. And the way we've seen this in the past is you get like an initial order and people flood the roads, people flood the highways, and they just kind of, they kind of grind to a standstill. Think of it like you're, you're leaving a plane and they let, you know, like this row goes and this row goes and this row goes. That's how we think about it. Like we'll let the people who are way, way close, we'll let the people in Oakmont let the people in Skyhawk go first, and then after a while, we'll go. Once things have started to go, we'll, you know, let the, let the people who are in the most danger go first. So we're, we're wetting down the house, we're hosing the house, we're soaking it. I'm putting out little fires on the ground, little pieces of junk, like fire junk, are landing all over the place. And I'm putting those out, and it's just, it's just madness at this point. It is horrible madness. There's fire in the air. The smoke is like... The smoke is super thick. It's like 
black, terrible smoke. And I'm telling you, man, I got my buff over my face. I'm wearing, like, my A's hat. I'm still in my pajamas. I haven't even got the chance to get dressed yet. I, I had some, like, sweatshorts I'm wearing and, like, sneakers. And I'm just, like, hosing, hosing, hosing. I'm hosing the neighbor's house who left because I'm like, if his house catches fire, my house is going to catch fire. So I got to protect his house, his house too. And at this point, we have like a meeting in the street of all the people who's left. There's me, Bob the DA, Fred down the street, and then there's another guy around the corner whose name I did not catch. And we kind of, we kind of work out a deal between each other. I'll take these four houses here. I'll wet this house, the house next to it, the house next to it, the house next to it. You do four you do four, you do four, and we'll do what we can do to protect the block. So we're doing it, and, like, we're, we're being successful. We're all putting out, like, little little uh, dust-ups, little smoke-ups. We're all doing it. We're hosing. I'm hosing. The kid's hosing. And at this point, like, it's getting kind of scary, to be honest with you. I'm not, like, a superhero. I'm not a firefighter. I'm not exceptionally brave. And it's getting, like, super scary. But I'm doing it because... What am I going to do? I have no I have no choice. There's no like actual like imminent danger to me. The fire is still far off. The fire is still miles away, but these things are blowing into the neighborhood and I got to make sure somebody puts these out because if we just bounce, if we just bounce, there's a chance that one of these is going to catch and a house is going to burn and if a house burns, it's going to just the whole block is going to burn. So we're all doing this, but like in my head, I'm thinking to myself we just got to make it to the morning. It's nighttime. It's dark. And everything seems worse in the dark. I just got to make it to the morning. We just got to make it till the sun comes up. And we're doing it. And we're doing it. And we're having we're having a fair amount of success, I have to say. We're doing we're doing okay. Nothing is catching at all. I feel like this is this is worthwhile and we're just like doing it and doing it and doing it. And you can see the fire. You can see that it's moving down the hill. You can see it. And then all of a sudden the hill just, it just explodes in flame. The whole thing just like explodes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. We're going to get it. It's over. But like, I can't leave. I can't stop because it's still not, it's not like on my block. You kind of like, you set an image in your head of like, where is it going to have to be before I leave? Where is it going to have to be before I evacuate? So in my head, I thought if it hits the corner, if I can see it on the corner, I'm out of here. I am out of here. It's like a good enough distance to where we can escape. We park the car so it's facing out for like a quick exit. We're not that far from the escape route. We would have plenty of time to get out of here. We got the dogs in the cages. The cats are in the cages. Everything is everything is safe for like a quick escape at this point. So we're like, okay, if it reaches there, we're going to go. But we're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. And I'm tired, dude. I am so tired. I'm just like, I'm running myself ragged. I have a ladder and I'm running from like house to house to house, putting the ladder, going up the ladder, hosing their roof, seeing everything that's up there that might be flammable. I'm putting it out. I'm stomping on embers. This, it feels like a video game, like some kind of ladder based video game. And it's like running back and forth, running back and forth, running back and forth. And I have a bad ankle right now. A while ago, I stepped in a hole and I tripped and I jacked up my ankle. So my ankle's killing me. But like, I got to do it. You got to do it. You have no choice, right? So I'm doing it and I'm doing it. And then luckily, the sun starts to come up. The sun starts to come up and the wind is dying down. You, you, you know, we, we have like weather apps on the phone. And we knew that there was going to be like harsh wind during the night. But that once it got to like six in the morning, it was going to practically die down. 
to nothing. It was going to be like one, two degrees as opposed to like 20, 20 miles an hour, rather. One mile instead of like 20. So the sun starts to come up. The wind starts to die down. And I'm like, I think we made it. I think we made it through. I think we've got through the night. We're, we're going to make it. So the sun comes up. You can see everything. But like the hill is still aflame. But like under the light of the day, it feels a lot less scary. But I'm still... I'm still putting out embers because, like, big chunks of leaves and big chunks of stuff are still in the air and they're still falling. But it's a lot less, it's a lot less imminent danger than it was before because the winds are dying down. It's just things falling as opposed to, like, things being, like, hurtled to you. But I'm like, okay, I could actually go inside for a minute. The wife stays outside and she keeps hosing. And then we kind of, like, we take shifts. The kid is hosing. We're all hosing, just doing, doing whatever we can do to to make it through drinking coffee, but I'm just like, I am so tired by this point. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm delirious, right? I'm, I'm keeping it together, but I feel delirious. And we keep doing this and doing this and doing this until, until it kind of dies down to where we can take a stop. But then I look off toward the hill again, and I can see giant plumes of black smoke are coming up. Black smoke is like an active fire. This is what I think. I'm not like an expert on this by any means, but like black smoke is an active fire. Gray smoke is like a fire that's been put out and it's still kind of smoldering around. But I'm seeing like giant plumes of black smoke. And like, I didn't even mention this, but like all during the the night, you can hear explosions. You can hear these explosions because the fire's passing by houses in the hills. There's a lot of like rich people live up like actually in the hills and they have various generators, emergency things, propane tanks. And every once in a while, you'll hear like this giant kaboom like boom like a bomb i also later learned that like tires can explode that way if a tire gets burnt the air pressure causes an explosion and also trees there are certain kind of trees like eucalyptuses that have like a like a lot of oil in them and when they burn they'll make like this cracking explosion sound so we're hearing these sounds all night but anyway i'm looking off and i can see these plumes of smoke and at this point i just like i just want to sit down but the wife goes you should get on your bike and get over there. It looks like the Mormon church is on fire. Not the Bible church where we flip tires. Another church. Like, right over there. See what you can see and come back. Because at this point, like, everything is barricaded off. They're barricading everything off. But, like, we're still on the inside. But you got to try to avoid the police because they're going to grab you and take you out. And if they grab you and take you out, you can't really protect your house. So I get on my bike and I take, like, this super uh, cir- circuitous route over to where the fire appears to be. I got my mask over my face. I'm wearing like these goggles that I found in the garage over my glasses. I got my hat pulled down, but like the smoke is black all around it. It's like heavy smoke. I'm coughing like, (laughs) and I'm riding my bike to the best of my ability through the smoke. And as I, as I get nearer to it, like I kind of, I kind of make it through the smoke and I can see that like, it's not the Mormon church that's on fire. There's a few like eucalyptus trees that are just like on fire and they're they're like they're they're catching up in the air. Imagine like what's that movie? There will be blood when the um the uh oil rig catches fire and you see like the fire kind of pluming out of the top. It looks like that. It's very very oily. But then when I got near there, I saw something that was that was on the good news side. When we saw the hill burn, it wasn't that it was burning all the way down. There was a crew of firemen from Healdsburg that were there, and they lit a fire, what they call a backburn, which is where, like, you burn fire 
toward the fire to stop the progress of the actual fire, if that makes any sense. You, you, you burn the area ahead of time and control it so that it can't burn. So what we thought was like the hill being ablaze was actually a backburn. And there were dudes over there fighting the fight and protecting the fight. These guys are great. Big shout out to the Healdsburg Fire Department. But we're, I'm over there and I see what I see and I decide to go back and give a report. But like on the way back, I get stopped like three or four times by different people who see me coming down and I have to tell them what I saw. But I'm getting like, I'm getting so exhausted. I'm getting so geeked. I've inhaled so much smoke. Like right now, my throat feels so bad from talking so much right now and inhaling all the smoke. But like I get back to the house. I tell everybody what I saw. And at this point, we kind of think we can chill out for a little bit. Like, maybe catch, like, a 30-minute zonk, a 40-minute zonk, because the winds have died down. It's very still. There is a lot of things coming from the from the sky, but it's more ash than it's, like, burning pieces of stuff. It's, like, stuff that's already burned. So I feel like maybe I can take a, a quick zonk, but, like, I can't do it. I'm too, I'm too keyed up to zonk. So I go outside, and I keep hosing down the house. Like, doing this is making me feel better. Like doing something is making me making me feel better about the whole thing. But then, whew, I gotta take a quick break. I'm gonna uh, get something to drink, and I'll I'll be back to finish up on on this in a little bit. Okay, I'm back. You probably didn't even notice I, w- I was gone because I my edited it together. But uh, where was I? So uh, we're back at the house. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to skip ahead. You don't need to hear like every every detail. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep it to the important stuff. That was the hairy night. It was hairy. It was scary. I made it. I made it through. We put out a bunch of little fires. It was, it was bad, man. But still, I'm here. I feel fine about it. But I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. I can't really sleep. And we're still, we're still hosing down the house because there's still like, there's still stuff coming down. We're all still like keeping our four houses safe. I'm in like people's backyards and all this stuff. But like, the smoke is really thick, and the kid has asthma and she's coughing and having a hard time breathing. So I'm like, hey. I, I think that you should go. I think that you should go to your gal pal's house. And she doesn't want to, but I, I feel like it's for the best. Also, I can concentrate more knowing that she's safe. Like, I can make my own bad decisions. When you get an evacuation order, you should evacuate. I'm choosing not to, and I'm fine with that decision. But I don't want her to be responsible for my bad decisions. It's not like I feel like there's any kind of an imminent risk to our lives. I definitely don't feel that, but I, I definitely would feel better knowing that she was gone. So she's like, okay, I will go. But the gal pal calls her back and says, they're blockading everything. They have blockaded so many areas right now. They're blocking off all the roads, not letting anyone in. And they won't let her in when she says, I got to pick up my friend. My friend doesn't have a car. She can't get out. I got to go get her, but they won't let her in. So she says, I'll get as close as I can possibly get. And I'll park in somebody's driveway. And then you get her as near to that as you can get. And she'll walk the rest of the way. So I go, deal. So she gets she gets up onto Brush Creek Road, which is kind of near us. But it is a few miles away. So she's there. And we take, like, all these crazy back roads in the car. Because they're stopping people at this point. This is the first. We've been evacuated, like, three or four times. And every time, like, you can leave... But you can also come back. They have, like, barricades up, like, stop signs that they put in the road. But you just, you just drive past them. This time, they're manning them all. There's, like, there's, like, cop cars parked all the way across. Like, yeah, they park sideways. There's cops there. It is, it's craziness. So we get her as close as we can. And then her and I 
start walking up the hill on the way out and thinking, this is just like one of the saddest moments in my life because I have to let her go. I, I do feel like she's going to be safer being away from us. But at the same time, I feel safe having her with me. And it's just, this is, this is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because in my head, I'm like, I know I'm going to be fine. But you also think like, what if I'm not? Like, what if this is the last time ever I ever see her? But like, my ankle's acting up like crazy. And she can see that I'm like, have like a small limp. And she goes, look, I can speed walk out of here. I can speed walk past these cops more so than like the two of us can speed walk out of here together. You're going to have to let me go alone. And this is like really, really hard for me, like super hard. But like, she's an adult now. And I do have faith that I've raised her right. And I have faith that she can take care of herself. So I give her like the biggest hug I've ever given her in my life. I give her a kiss. I tell her I love her. And I go, as soon as you're in that car, as soon as you're with your gal pal, call me. Let me know just so that I know that you're safe. So I, I, I give her the hug. She goes off on her way. I watch her for a while. I watch her approach the, the police barricades. I see her kind of like dip off to the side, put her head down so that they don't notice her as much. And she kind of like passes through. And I'm like, this is, this is such a mess. This is so scary. And she calls me. She's made it out. It's all fine. So we go back home to continue our, our mission of uh, keeping the house safe, keeping the neighbor's houses safe to the best of our ability. At this point... If this were, like, a normal evacuation, we would probably have left. We can go to my sister-in-law's house where she has power and she has cable and all this stuff. I would go there. But now I know if you leave, you're not going to be able to get back in. And I'm just like, I'm not cool with that because I just don't know what's going on. I don't want to leave the house. So we decide we're going to stay. And at this point, like, I'm out in the house, in front of the house just, like, doing, you know, hosing down stuff. And Bob, the DA, one of the people who stays, says, hey— Hop in. Let's go drive around as best we can, and we'll see what we can do. And Bob's a member of the district attorney's office, right? So he has, like, a little little ID card in case they're going to stop us or whatever. So he and I zip around. We're looking through all the different neighborhoods, and there's there's really no fire as far as we can see around our area. So we start to feel a little bit more comfortable, but still, it's very, very nerve-wracking, and we're both, like— we're both tired. I can see, like, he has massive bags under his eyes. I look like garbage. I'm just, like, I'm dirty from the ash. It's just, like, this is bad scene, man. But we drive around. There's no fires anywhere near where we are. But we also know if we leave, we can't get back in. So we're just, like, well, I guess we got to stay. I guess we got to sit in the house. So we're just, like, he's in his house. I'm in my house. I'm listening to the radio. I'm sitting there. And this is really, like... This is honestly the end of, like, the, the exciting part of the story. Because at this point, we're just waiting and waiting and waiting to get our power back. Or waiting to be unevacuated so that the kid can come home. But still, man, this was, like, this was a pretty hairy night. But I made it. I'm here right now. I have power in the house. It's all, it's all fine. I, a lot of you guys reached out to me, and I appreciate that. I know I'm fine. Your guy, Mr. Uh, Gino V., is fine. Life will go on. Uh, I don't know what else to say at this point. I am just so tired. I went like an entire two days without sleeping. That's the longest I've ever stayed up in my life. Ever. Like two days straight. I've never like done that without getting without getting any sort of zonks. But like I would try to zonk. But every time I close my eyes, I would kind of like see scary images of the fire. Like like the, the hill being ablaze with actual fire. It felt like it was... 
like it was burned into the inside of my eyelids. Like I would close my eyes and I would see it. I would start, I would start to like doze off a bit, but then I would jerk back up because it's really hard to sleep because it feels like as soon as you go to sleep, something bad's going to happen. Like you're going to get some kind of a notice that there's some kind of a, a catastrophe, an additional catastrophe. It's, it's like, it's really hard. I was able to actually get some sleep last night. So I'm, I'm starting to come back around, but it's going to be, it's going to be a while before your boy's back at a thousand percent. I got to tell you, man, I, I got a show made already. I had the show made that was going to come out today, but then I'm recording this instead because it's a little more timely. So I will have one for next week, but I, I, <laughs> I'm burnt. I'm tired. I'm so tired right now. I'm so exhausted. I can't even imagine sitting down and talking about a uh, cereal right now. We have no milk. The milk went bad when the uh, power went out, so I can't even talk about cereal. I don't know. I I just wanted to share this with you. I I got to advise you. If you get ordered to evacuate, please do so. Don't be like me. I don't even know what I'm thinking sometimes. I think that like I think that like I like being in my house so much that like I have this fear of leaving and being forced to go somewhere else that kind of supersedes my fear of dying, if that makes sense. But I, I, I do want you guys to know that if the fire was, like, imminently around me, I'm definitely going to leave. The thing was, like, in in the time we were waiting for the more, the people who were in more danger to evacuate, I saw that if I, if I leave, the house is going to catch on fire. One of these embers is going to catch on fire in my house, and it's going to be bad, so I... I mitigated the risk to the best of my ability. I managed it to the best of my ability. But I want you to know, if it would have got hairy, if I would have seen actual factual fire on my street, I probably would have left. So just know, I might be stupid, but I'm not super stupid. I'm only a little stupid. But it all turned out for the best. As of right now, we've really turned a corner on the fire. Once the wind died down, they, they, they're starting to clamp down on it. They have... They have some containment. What I've noticed is, like, once they, they get containment, like, even, like, a small percent of containment, it all starts to go from there. So they've announced, like, a 2% containment. So we're hoping things are looking up. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you enjoyed my uh, tale of, uh, of of fear, fire and fear. But, um, yeah, I'm still here. Gino V is still here. The uh, IC Robots Earth Base is still here, and it's all good. So until we meet again, do the time. Don't let the time do you. Times seem hard right now, but you gotta believe things are getting better. Birds are migrating again, rains are back, stuff's, stuff's getting better. Things are getting better. This has been an IC Robots radio production.